Hi guys, thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. We are on the socials. You can find us on Instagram at Library Overload. And then also we'll list all the books we talk about on our blog. And you can find us at libraryoverload.home.blog. Today, we are going to do something super duper fun. Happy Galentine's Day! Galentine's Day! Instead of honoring the romance genre and doing a Valentine's episode, we are going to do Galentine's and discuss the amazingness that is female friendship. Yes. Thank you, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. Yes, I did not realize until we were doing this episode and I was researching it that she coined the term Galentine's Day. What were you researching Galentine's Day for? I wasn't like researching it so much as like I googled (laughs) Galentine's Day and so I was looking for books that might fit Galentine's and it came up that she was the inventor of of the word and... I thought it was older than that. That's so, funny. Nope. Cool. Parks and Rec, y'all. I do thorough, in-depth investigations sure. for every episode. This is how dedicated we are yes. for you guys. So you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> I do love Leslie Nope, and I love Leslie and Anne's friendship. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But also, like, you know, it's just... You magnificent buffalo (laughs) she's amazing oh no it's you magnificent water buffalo (laughs) and Anne's faces every time oh my god yeah every time that that leslie quotes some sort of epic absurd compliment yeah yeah so before we get started we have to give you guys amy poehler's yes please because in this she talks about leslie nope yes and how much she loved the character, how much she misses her. Mm -hmm. It's just, she talks about it. I'm going to have to reread it because I actually read that before I ever watched Parks and Rec. Oh, wow. And so I need to read it now with the knowledge that I have. Yes. I also, two things. One, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's female friendship is one of my favorites in the whole world. They're spectacular. They're so good. And two, in my in-depth research of course of the galentine's day holiday Mm -hmm. which is its own separate holiday happens on february 13th yes it's not replacing it's not for women who want to replace valentine's day it's it's a whole separate thing yes um but they were talking about the actual underlying theme of parks and rec being amy poehler's female friendships and it was really spectacular to kind of look back and see that yes it's about low-level or mid-level bureaucracy and stuff, but really the underlying part of it is her female friendships and especially her friendship with Anne, which I thought was just really, really cool. I love it. Now I'm going to have to rewatch Parks and Rec. Right? I mean, that's not a chore. <laughs> it's fine. I it's, loved it. It's really good. And I, I just, I hate endings anyways, mm-hmm. but when it ended, like, I just cried and cried because it was just, it was beautiful. It's like, stuff. it was so good. Yes. It was. But yes, we are here today for Valentine's Day. We are gathered here today. We are gathered here together. In the sight of my books. With many books in front of our faces <laughs> to discuss female friendships. Yes. As a two female-led podcast. Yes. I provided brilliant 
dialogue for you on that. <laughs> we all know that I am here for the jokes and you are here for the yes. <laughs> that is how you support me. Well, as long as I know my role. I'm here to say yes when you say clever things. Yes, I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> okay. I will go first today. Do it. Because I have books that I read. I'm so proud of you. I So my first book I read in one day and I text Tavia in the middle of a work day in all caps like, I read a whole book today. Yeah. I was like, kind of, kind of busy here. Nope. Don't care. Read a book. <laughs> I read a book. So this one is really sweet. This one is called The Accidental Beauty Queen. It's oh. by Terry Wilson. It was short, sweet. Like me. And it was everything you thought it was going to be. So it's about twin ladies, Charlotte and Jenny. Charlotte is an elementary school librarian. And Jenny is an Instagram famous beauty queen. All right. And Jenny has, for the first time in a long time, invited Charlotte to go with her to Orlando while she is competing in one of the many pageants that she competes in. Charlotte is, uh, yeah, I'll go to Orlando because I'm going to go to Harry Potter World. Nice. (laughs) And so she goes down there. They, you know, spend a couple of days together when all of a sudden Jenny gets a huge allergic reaction and talks Charlotte into walking in the beauty pageant for her. Um, I, don't, I don't think you can just switch, can you? If you're identical twins. Oh, I see, I see. So that's what happens. And Charlotte is a feminist. She's a huge reader. So beauty pageants is against everything she believes in for women. But once she gets coerced into doing this for her sister, she kind of understands that it's much more than that. And it's these women that she's competing against are being so sweet and so supportive and just so lovely and all of this. And it's a a beautiful story that kind of covers sisterhood, understanding each other when you're so different. And then, but then it's also, it's got some romance in there, but it's Charlotte liking someone when she's supposed to be Jenny. And Uh, how do I, how do I do this? And so, I mean, it's kind of like a Hallmark movie. Like, you know what you're going to get out of it, but it was so fun. So cute. Easy to read. Like it was, it was what I wanted it Mm -hmm. to be. And I, I thought it was so cute. I, I find it interesting the concept that feminists can't support beauty pageants because, like, to me, feminism is supporting other women's choices. Absolutely, no matter what they are. I and, understand yeah, that, and just, but I, but I also understand Charlotte's point of view in which in the past beauty pageants are all about beauty, yes. and when it comes down to it, have you seen that video where it's like when it's something someone asks a a pageanter a question mm-hmm. about beauty pageants and she's like well there's a reason that you only give me 30 seconds to answer this question when you've just asked me to parade around in a bikini mm-hmm. in my form like so 
it's not just about beauty anymore, but they're still being asked to walk around in bathing Mm -hmm. suits and evening gowns. The underlying construct of a beauty pageant was very sexist. Yes. And I have a whole lot of thoughts on it, (laughs) but I think that they're trying to make it better, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it will ever be not just about beauty because they they ask more and imp- more important questions now they definitely give them a, cha- a an option to show their intelligence but it's still not a huge part of it the best beauty pageant question ever is what is your idea of the perfect date <laughs> i would have to say <laughs> April, what is it? The 21st? I think she says April 21st. 21st? Because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best. Miss Congeniality, y'all. Another good female yes. supporting female yes. thing. Fantastic. I love it. Another kind of look at the mm-hmm. person on the outside kind of poking fun at beauty pageants thinking but they're then, all whatever and then getting into mm-hmm. it. So I think what we're saying is we all need to somehow get into a beauty pageant to really understand a beauty pageant. Yes. Also, Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Sandy B always brings it. Oh, Sandy B. <laughs> okay. I had some really interesting reads this week. I was kind of all over the place okay. with this episode. So I'm going to start with a nonfiction. Okay. And this is Text Me When You Get Home. Oh, I wanted to read this too. Yes. The full extra long title. Oh, give it. Is Text Me When You Get Home, The Evolution and Triumph of Modern Female Friendship. Mm. This is by Kayleen Schaefer. And it was was really good. I really want to read this. This sounds right up my alley. And I think that it would be for Mm -hmm. sure. It. It also had some stuff for me, too, because they go back in time and look at the historical... There it is. Yes. There she is. <laughs> the historical <laughs> construct of female friendship and how men discouraged female friendship in, you know, certain eras so as not to allow them to, you know, get together. You and... can't get together and think. <laughs> That's right. not a thing that should ever happen. Right. Um, which kind of leads to... The concept of mean girls and how we're socialized from a young age to be catty towards other girls. To compete. Mm -hmm. And that being a construct of the patriarchy. And I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's also more than that. It's the underlying thesis of the story is that the concept of female friends as soulmates. And that you don't just have to have a romantic partner for your soulmate, that you can have a soulmate who is your female friend and she can fulfill, you know, that kind of place for you. And so I thought that was just really awesome. Oh, and yeah. she, she talks about even how, like, you know, our generation, our mothers didn't have female friends like we do now. Mm-hmm. Like they were considered superfluous, like extra outside of your house. Mm-hmm. Whereas kind of the the evolution of female friendship has become integral to who we are as women especially Mm -hmm. and i I it was really good it was it was insightful it was a quick read i actually listened to it Mm -hmm. on audible and one of my favorite narrators did it so that was nice and i just it was it was really good yeah i loved i loved just the title of it because just that alone screams female friendship yes because if ladies go out and you have a good night and it's like, okay, you're leaving, like, text me when you get mm-hmm. home. 
Like, if you don't, I'm going to be calling you. Yes. Like, and that's a thing. That's yeah. what we do. It's the whole, like, first little intro of the book discussing and breaking down how the phrase, text me when you get home, means so much more than just... It means I love you. Yes. You're important to me. Yes. It means that we've been having this amazing time, and I want you to, to continue being a part of my life. Yes. You know, like, it is just... It can just mean so many different mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. And I love you is the underlying, yeah. you know, thing of it. And just the way that women have evolved and how our friendships have evolved into a place where we can be like this with each other. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. I yeah. My closest female friends aren't just friends to me. Mm-hmm. They're my chosen family. They're, yes. they're people that are in my life and I, I need them yes. in oh, my we life. Also talked about, she talked about that and media and how that concept of chosen family mm-hmm. came from the media. Forget which, it was like a TV show or Interesting. something. And it's like talking about the cho- your chosen family. And she talks about how TV shows like Friends. Golden and Girls. And Golden, Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Yes, she talks in depth about that. <sighs> and so just, you know, it was just, if you want to like realize how much that your female friends mean to you, you can listen to this book or read it, and it just makes you want to take care of those people in your life. Aww. That's when I texted you when I was listening to this. I texted you, Aww. how are you today? <laughs> My next one had me thinking the exact same things. And then I've also been binge watching, again, Golden Girls. <laughs> and so there was a an episode where one of them ends up in the emergency room, has to go in for an emergency surgery, and they're not allowed to go visit her because they're not family. And it's just, it was a big episode about how these are the, pe- these are my people. Like, I don't care what our family trees say. We are family. Like, mm-hmm. we are there for each other. It was, is a really powerful episode. Yeah. But, so I read My Glory Was I Had Such Friends by Amy Silverstein. This has been on my list. Oh my God, guys. It's so good. I can't even remember how I heard about this book. Mm-hmm. It may may have been on another podcast, but it's incredible. So it is a memoir. Amy, when she was 25 years old, went, went into uh, heart failure and almost died and had a heart transplant. They told her this heart's only going to last about 10 years, so expect... To not be around for much longer. This was, the the this was in the 80s. This was in apparently transplanted hearts because your body will never fully mm-hmm. recognize it as part of you. It will never last as long as your own personal heart will. And back in the 80s, it was just kind of a, this new heart's only going to be about 10 years. Well, she made 25 years. Wow. And all of a sudden, she hits heart failure with a quickness. So bad that she lives in New York. and So her heart takes a turn for the worst so terribly that her doctor is, is like, you need to go to Cedar, Cedar Sinai in California. Yes. And you need to be there. They're the only place in the world that can take care of you now. Wow. She has had such horrible health issues her entire life because of this transplant that she has kind of dealt with this how long am I going to fight? Mm-hmm. Like my my 
way of life, all of this that you have to kind of take into factor, how much can am I willing to take before I'm done? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the underlying theme of the book it was just Mm -hmm. how much longer can I let myself go through this and because it was torture it was torture on her body so she gets to Cedar Sinai and then she finds out that nine of her closest female friends get on a Google calendar spreadsheet and they one woman will be there all the time for the next three months they have scheduled themselves they have children they have jobs they have all of these things going on in their life and someone will always be with her for the next three months like can you imagine like oh my god it gave me it gave me chills like it was so good and she just she just talks about how there were many many times in that hospital room where she thought that this this is probably the last time I'm ever going to see this friend. Mm-hmm. And so they had these amazing conversations and they had beautiful moments with each other. But of course there's this, she she's dying and so she's acting out and lashing out mm-hmm. because of it because she's so angry and so tired and, and, and terrified and, and just, and they end up having to do an emergency pacemaker but then it's not working well enough. And so she's in constant pain. And she's like, I'm giving it 30 days and I'm having the pacemaker shut off because I'm done. And so it's a race between is she going to get her pacemaker shut off and is she going to die or is she going to get a second transplant? And it's just what is going to happen? And oh my God. And it's just, it's incredible. And it made me think of like, who all do I have in my life that I would drop everything for and fly across the country and be there? And it's just, oh, my heart yeah. is so good. You're, you look like you're getting so good. <laughs> it was just, it was one of those things. Like, I don't know if I have nine women in my life that would do that for me. I need more friends. Like, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know about nine people, but I definitely know that I have some people in my life that would yeah. be that way. And I think that that's, that's enough, you know? Right. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, I need more friends. But on the other hand, I'm like, dear God, it's hard to make friends. Especially <laughs> as an adult person. Uh-huh. It's so hard. I know. Because, like, you can't just walk up to someone and be like, hey, I like you. Let's grab dinner. Yeah. That's weird. Super weird. <laughs> but also, the cultivation and maintenance of your uh-huh. friend, friendships that you have and just the stuff that I read didn't necessarily make me want to make new friends, but it wanted, made me want to dig in deeper with my current friendships. Oh, yeah. Which was pretty impressive for me. You know, just, yeah, I I'm, need these people in my life, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that they know that. I definitely agree with that. And it was just, it, yeah, it kind of just made me feel like I've got to be better to my people. Because even Amy in this book, she talked about how when she was 25 and she was going through the, her first heart failure – we're 25. We're so stupid at that age. You don't know how to deal with someone, one of your friends dying in a hospital. She's like, these nine women that were in my life, 
they maybe visited me a couple of times in the hospital, but that's because our brains don't work yet. And we don't know how to (laughs) help people. You don't know what to do for a person that's Mm -hmm. in the hospital. You don't know to bring them casseroles, Mm -hmm. do their laundry, like do Mm -hmm. whatever they need to just help them out a little bit. You don't know this at 25, but she's now 50 and they know. And so they're there. I think that that is an interesting thing. Um, Especially when you are 25, you think that you know everything. Mm -hmm. But the amount of stuff that I learned between 20 and 30, and even now, the amount of stuff that I'm learning between 30 and 40, it's just, I mean, you you change and you grow so much. And to try to impart wisdom on younger people is like talking (laughs) to a brick wall. (laughs) But it's like, I totally understand where my parents were coming from and they tried to say these things and, Mm -hmm. you know, we tell you because we want to help you. And and Like, sweetie, you're so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Please listen. You know, there's just so many people that I want to be like, okay, (laughs) I've been here. I've done this. Let me tell you about it. So that you don't have to live mm-hmm. through this. But then also people have to make their own mistakes. And so. you, there are some things that you literally will not learn unless you go through it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, it, and it's unfortunate, but that's, that's what it is. But yeah, and so it's definitely making me really focus on taking care of the friends that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a... A girlfriend that is literally about to have a baby any second. She, and, she thinks not soon enough. <laughs> well, her due date was January thirty first. Yeah, she's, and she is she's beyond over. She it. is tired. She's like, <laughs> why isn't she coming out? And so I have to remember, like, is today baby day? Like, I've already, I already know, like, I've known for a while what I was gonna do when the baby came. So like, and so I've got a little care package ready to roll. And but it's just like. You got to take care of your friends. Mm-hmm. They're there in your life for a reason. Yes. And so it's just double down mm-hmm. on your friendships, ladies. It's it's a yeah. big deal. It really is. And um, one of the things that Kayleen Schaefer talked about was that, you know, people used to say that you should marry your best friend, but it's also the thought that you should have a separate best friend to fulfill different aspects of your life because there are literally things that you can talk to a man about that he will never understand oh for real you i mean not that he doesn't want to understand he just physically can't Mm -hmm. because he is a man right so you need that female friendship there to be able to to talk about those things and have Mm -hmm. those conversations and oh yeah and i have different women in my life that fulfill different needs of mine like i have a girlfriend that when i want to go wild out, I know exactly who I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. If I want to talk about interior design and say yes to the dress, I have a girl for that. Mm-hmm. If I want to talk about books for hours, I know exactly who I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. Like I have different women in my life that fulfill different things. And I have different women in my life that know different secrets about mm-hmm. me and that have been in my life at different times in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's just between everyone and that's the closest to me I am completely fulfilled in friendships it's just it's you have what you need Mm -hmm. in different people and it's it's lovely I love it I love it okay is that all you have to say about that yes ma'am okay I I saw that book and it's been on my to read list but it does seem a bit sad and daunting so I've been kind of it is but it's also awesome like I read it in 24 hours 
um, at one point, <laughs> I texted you about this, but at one point I'm sitting there and I'm almost at the end and she's got six days left on her pacemaker turn off clock. And it's just like, dear God, she's going to die. And I look over cause it's snowing and it's beautiful outside. And I look over and my cats are killing each other and I'm like bawling and I'm crying and I'm laughing and I'm just like, this is a life. What a life I lead. It was just so funny. funny. But I do have the book with me if you would like to read it. Okay. It is the library book. Okay. I'm going to talk next about one of the best books that I think I've ever read. Oh. It was really good. Tell me more. This is The Alice Network. Oh, good. Kate Quinn. And it was... It was so much of everything that I love. Um, <laughs> Did it check all the boxes? It, it checked. It checked a lot of boxes. Oh, um, yay! And I read after I finished it that it's about real events and real people. Oh, like very the, nice. The main character is a uh, is a fictional construct, but the the events. Yes, and some of the other people were real people. Nice. So, like the Alice Network was a real thing. And I don't know what this is about. So, let me back up then. Uh, it's set in two different time periods. And There's it, one box. Right? <laughs> and it's about two different women. The first is Eve Gardner, and she is in 1915. And she has been mm. recruited as a spy to go to German-occupied France and be part of the Alice Network, which is a group of female spies. Nice. Which was a real thing during world war one i've always wanted to be a spy i can tell you from her experience you don't (laughs) it was not good she did not have a good time (laughs) (laughs) 10 out of 10 would not recommend (laughs) would not recommend (laughs) fine i won't be a spy then that was one of the things that they talked about in the little afterwards mm-hmm. about the glamorization of the spy mm-hmm. since James Bond and Hollywood sure. and stuff and how really, especially during World War One, it was looked down on as like unnoble and definitely women shouldn't do it. And it was... Well, women you know, shouldn't do anything. So. It was akin to being a prostitute, basically. Oh, totally. I absolutely <laughs> see that correlation. Yes. yes. So... 10 of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> so the Yelp review for being a spy in, in World War One is just a yes, no. Especially in, in German-occupied France. Fine. <laughs> but that was Eve in 1915. And then we flash back to 1947. Mm-hmm. So we're in another war. <laughs> the Holocaust! The Holocaust! <laughs> really, guys, I'm not that excited about the Holocaust, but... I do love reading about World War Two. World War Two. Okay, so Charlie St. Clair is a twenty-year-old college student. Well, technically she's nineteen. She turns twenty in the book. Okay. She has come from America to England with her mother to have a little problem taken care of. Is it a pregnancy? It is. Okay. And that's in the jacket. That's not a spoiler. Okay. That's part of her thing. Okay. So she has been deemed a bad, disreputable girl. Obviously. Unwed mother in 1947. Oh, yeah. Well. Straight to the pits of hell she right goes. Immediately. Well, she tricks and runs away from her mother and goes on this epic quest for her cousin, Rose, who disappeared in also German-occupied France during World War II. Okay. So... 
two women. They both are still alive. In, they're both alive in 1947, and they meet up. So we hear Charlie's story about Eve in 1947 moving forward, and Eve's story about 1915 okay. to catch up to the woman she has become when Charlie meets her. I'm there. I got gotcha. you. pretty cool. Okay. So she's not an old woman. She's a middle-aged woman. Okay. But it's close. Okay. I accept. Okay. And it was just so good. Mm. So, so good. So Eve and the Alice Network, the friendships that she forms with a couple of the other spies, especially one in particular, mm-hmm. um, she goes by the code name of Lily in the book. And she's an actual real person. She was mm. known as the Queen of Spies. Ooh. And you can read about her. And she Ooh. was like the spitfire of a woman who was like five foot two and was just completely amazing and even after things happened to her she was still causing trouble for the germans the whole time love and they thought that you know there was no way this spy network that did so much damage to the german cause Mm -hmm. could have been women Mm -hmm. so they were like shocked to find out that they've been duped by women oh my god (laughs) women can think right so there's the story of of eve and lily and, and the other girl that they're with and the just amazing friendship they form in response to the circumstances that they've been put in Mm -hmm. and there also is the friendship that charlie had with her cousin rose Mm -hmm. when they were younger and why she's looking so desperately for her her cousin who she hasn't heard from in three years she disappeared in the middle of the war Mm -hmm. um she hasn't you know heard anything from her in so long and so she's desperately seeking her but then there's also the friendship that forms between eve and charlie during the course of this journey and why Eve is the one helping Charlie find her friend uh, or find her cousin. And then there's also a really dashing Scotsman. Ooh. Yes. I do like Scotsmen. Yes. And Irishmen's. Yes. And he drives a fancy car. Mm. Um, it's just fun. He's That's... the, he's Eve's helper and driver because she needs assistance because of some things that happened to her okay when she was a spy interesting but the like i said the alice network is a real thing a lot of the characters in this book were actual real people she's made some liberties obviously here and there Mm -hmm. but there's also a place that they visit in 1947 that is a real place that was destroyed by the nazis wow they found out that there was possibly one spy in the village so they blew the village to smithereens. Oh. They put all the women and children in this church. And, blew them up. And then they took all the men out and just shot them. And, like, the village to this day remains. They never rebuilt it or anything. It's just, like, ghost town now. And you can go and see where oh. the cars were abandoned. And the the houses don't have roofs anymore. You can, like, literally see the look back in time. Wow. At what happened there. And that's a real thing that actually happened. And so that was just goodness. So to set these beautiful, beautiful friendships that form on the backdrops of two separate wars, mm-hmm. and it was just—it was heartbreakingly beautiful. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I cried. I laughed. Those are the best books. There was you... war. There were women looking back. It was just tick, tick, tick. All these boxes. Yes. I will say it's a bit of a commitment because it's over 500 pages. It's a big book, yes. Yes, so. Um, but you did it in a week. Yes. So. Do not go into it lightly, though. Oh, noted. Yes. It was beautiful, though. I'm glad. 
All right. My last one, I am 90% sure I haven't talked about, but I might be wrong. So this is Fangirl by Rainbow Royale. Have I talked about this? Do you recall? Uh, I think you might have, but I can't remember. We've been doing this so long, I don't remember. I know. I need to make like some sort of Google Doc and just list all the books we've talked about. Right. But if I have talked about it, it's been a minute. So I'm going to talk about it. Do it. So again, weird. Uh, it's a book about twins. I tell, I have weird themes. I don't know that it's happening until I do. So this follows uh, a set of twins, Kath and Wren. They are entering their first semester of college. So Kath is a huge Simon Snow fan. It's a TV show in the book. And she and her sister Wren, when they were much younger, started writing fan fiction about this book or about this show. They love it so much. Well, Wren eventually grew out of it, but Kath did not. And now she's like this huge fan fiction author people know of her on the fan fiction websites and all of that like she's a big deal and they get to college and Ren decides that she would rather not room together because she wants to meet new people which is it makes sense but at the same time like oh my heart I'm so sorry so Kath is just kind of trying to get through this world where she doesn't have her sister as a big support system. She's away from home. Her dad is really struggling because because they um, their mom is no longer around. So dad is sickly and struggling and Kath is trying to go through English classes and she's getting a bad grade because she submitted some of her fan fiction as, as um, Uh, short stories and of course that's a big no-no and so she's just trying to navigate this brand new world for her and it's so there's some romance in there and then there's of course this sisterly bonding that uh, we so hope will happen and how they kind of get through it but Simon Snow in this book is what made Rainbow uh, Roel write Carry On. So she wrote Fangirl first and loved so much of what she was writing in the fan fiction portions that she was like, I need to kind of expand on this Simon Snow character and wrote an entire book. And it is now a series. So there's Carry On and now there's Wayward Son. I have been gifted Carry On. I'm very excited to read it. I thought it was all right. I didn't love it, um, but I would be intrigued to see what you thought. Yes. Um. I think I think I went into it with too high expectations. Maybe you haven't talked about that. I was thinking of the one that she's at the convention and she asks him a question about his character. Oh, that was ooh, what was that? It was something about a con. Yeah. Con girl or I don't remember. I know what you're talking about though. That's the one I thought you were oh, that's what no. that one was. But yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. it was cute. It um it's one of Rainbow Royale. Royale? Why do I keep wanting to say that? Rainbow Roels. Maybe it's a prequel. <laughs> well, I think it's Casino Royale is what I keep. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, it's really cute. The sisters have to kind of work through some things, and so I thought it was it was it was a sweet book. It's one of my favorites by yeah. her. She's written quite a few. She wrote Eleanor and Park that you, we yes. both didn't love. It was good. It was just too. 
I think it was too real for me. Really? Honestly. I just, I didn't love it because I don't like, mm, I don't know if it's a spoiler. I need a full finish. I need a finished story. Hard, hard stop. Yes. I, I don't want to decide what happens for mm. myself. I need you to tell me. Yes. So I just, I didn't like the ending, mm. I guess. And then some, like, I didn't love, love, carry on. But I do want to read Wayward Son because I am intrigued to see how it goes. She wrote another book that's uh, an adult fiction called Attachments that I loved. Um, That one's about, there are two women that work at a, um, that work together that send each other emails and IMs and stuff. And a security guy has been hired to kind of, Uh, Make sure that everyone in the office isn't like telling each other dirty jokes or cursing on the IMs and stuff. And so he ends up reading all of the stuff that they send to each other and falls in love with one of them. But how do you say like, hey, I love you. You don't know who I am. Um, I and, kind of was stalking you a little bit. But it's fine. It's I fine. love it's you. Not a creepy way. It was my job. <laughs> but yeah, I really, really liked that <laughs> one. But yeah, Rainbow Royal. Ah! <laughs> Rainbow Roel. She's a hit or miss for me, but I mm-hmm. loved Fangirl. I think that, again, with Eleanor and Park, I don't love that bit of slice of life in mm-hmm. high school. I'm the same way. So I, I I am done with high school. Yeah, I've moved on. Yeah, I we both read a ton of YA, but it is never about high schoolers. No, it's yeah, not. because that's that's that is too Sorry much. Sorry if that's what you're here for. <laughs> we really don't go there a lot. Yeah, because I can't deal with the high school drama crap. Like, yeah, give me a teenager that has to save the world. Yes. Don't give me a teenager that has a crush on a boy and his locker is down the hall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I'm not here for that. Mm-hmm. But going back to, I don't know if I've ever mentioned, but I have twin nephews. Mm-hmm. And my sister, when they were going into kindergarten, she decided to put them in separate classrooms kind of for that reason that she decides not to room with her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be more devastating at that point than at I five know. years old. But just because they become so reliant on mm-hmm. each other and, you know, you've literally always had this other person. Right. So Like, why do I need to make friends? I have one. Right. Yeah. So kind of the the mindset was that it would help them become their own entity. Yeah. And, I totally you know, get it. Brilliant. But it, like, oh, that would hurt. Yeah. My sister also just got married. I, I told you guys. Woo! She married a twin. That's hysterical. <laughs> if they it's ever so have babies weird. together, they gonna have some twins. <laughs> right? She has been obsessed with multiples for a long time, so I thought oh it was just really gosh. fitting that she had twins. And she's married to a twin. Yeah, That's funny. Like she used to watch all the, you know, Kate plus eight and all of that, and the Duggars, and she just loves those big families. And now she's on her way to having one. <laughs> but yeah, I just it was really funny that coincidence of her having twins and then marrying a twin. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Okay, I am going to move on. And I would like to give full disclosure, I had a bit of an issue with this one, so I'm not finished with it. Okay. But the Alice Network was so good, I couldn't move on. I was in a severe book hangover even before I finished the Alice Network. I I understand. start another story with this one in my head. Sure. So this one I'm going to talk about now is A Thousand Splendid Sons, and that's by Khalid Husseini. And he's also the author of The Kite Runner. Okay. Which I haven't read yet, but I want to. This one's about a female friendship. It's about two women who end up married to the same abusive husband in Afghanistan. 
and the friendship and the bond that they form with each other. That is difficult. Yeah. I'm I'm not that far into it. I'm only, I'd say, a third of the way into it. But it it is on all of the lists for reading about female friendship. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, they said, turns out to be a bit like um, the story in the Bible with the Ruth and the mother-in-law. Mm. Um, and, you know, just like the older lady. And then she forms a friendship with the younger girl. And it's about having that person to survive this terrible world with. Mm -hmm. But it also has the backdrop of the history of Afghanistan since the 1960s. Mm. So the the progress... Not not the best place to be. Right. Especially as a woman. Yeah. Um, So the progress of the, you know, women who weren't having to be covered, who were going to university and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then the overthrowing and the attack with the Soviets and into more modern times... Uh, and, and just the the backdrop of the story. It's not even like an integral part of it, but it's just mm-hmm. there. And you can kind of watch the history of the story. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's about Miriam and Lila. Okay. Uh, the two women who end up married to the same man. And what I've read so far is definitely heartbreaking. I've already cried a couple of times. And I'm going to finish it. I just didn't get it done by this episode because mm-hmm. the Alex Alice Network wrecked me so hard. Mm-hmm. But... It is supposedly really, really good. And it's on my to-be-read list. So for my Unread Shelf project, I own it. I am going to check that one off. Yay! I should finish it in a couple of days. I just... You know, sometimes you just can't accept another story into your head. Yeah. At the same time that you're reading this amazing thing. Oh, yeah. So. You have to love something, and then you have to grieve it, and you have to mm-hmm. let it go. Yes. And then you can move on. And this was such a different story. It was mm-hmm. like a... Yeah. Like a completely one... A complete 180. There we go. I knew I'd get there. I knew <laughs> what I was thinking in my head. You should have seen the, the hand gestures I was over here doing, guys. I was trying to make my brain get there. Get there faster! <laughs> but, yes. Um, so far, it's really good. It's really sad and poignant. Um, and, and I'm certain it's going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, that was one thing about the Alice Network. I text Susie and I was like, this is going to a place I don't want to follow. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of what's getting ready to happen. But you have to keep reading it. You made it. I did. And I'm so glad that I did. And it it, it wrapped up in a way that I was comfortable with. Good. Um, I don't know about you because you have weirdness. But it yes, I, I am the weird one. Mm-hmm. It, I'm the one who's excited about the Holocaust. But yeah. You are weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. I did want to mention a couple other um, series that we've kind of briefly talked about. Don't you steal mine. Okay, you go. Okay. Um, one of the oldest and most beautiful of female friendships is Anne Shirley and Diana. And so Anne of Green Gables by Ella Montgomery is a beautiful, lovely, yes. it's a series uh, of eight books, I think. It might be seven. Mm-hmm. But the first book starts out with Anne arriving at her new home as an adoptee. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I'd get with. Okay. And she's 11 years old. She's a girl, which they did not want. And she's a redheaded little spitfire, imaginative, wonderful kid. Chatty little thing. Yes. And she um, forms a friendship with her. Uh, buddy her bosom buddy Diana but also with Marissa 
and uh, the woman that adopts her and her brother, she just forms these beautiful friendships. But her friendship with Diana is the main reason I'm talking about it. Yes. It's where the term bosom buddy comes from. And it's just, it's so sweet. She gets Diana super drunk, gets real in trouble. Like, it's just, she's funny and she's mm-hmm. so serious. Like, so, she takes everything so seriously. Mm-hmm. And everything is so dramatic. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of when I was a child, like, everything was so dramatic. And it's and Shirley is like yeah. me as a child. It's hysterical. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, but yes, Anne of Green Gables. I read a thing that said the that you think the love story is between Anne and Gilbert, but the love story really is between Anne and Diana. And I thought that was really awesome. I love the friendship between Anne and Diana, but I I love Anne and Marissa too, though, because they start out mm-hmm. like totally at odds yeah and marissa doesn't want to love this child that she did not want they wanted a boy so he could work Mm -hmm. and it's we should note it is in the 1900s yeah yeah, it's uh (laughs) it's it's, it is older (laughs) no it is an older book but it's it it just grows into this beautiful story so and of grand gables is lovely yes now you can go okay i was not gonna talk about that good I read the Grave Mercy series, okay, which is about the daughters of the God of Death, mm-hmm. and they become assassins. But the three main people, because each book is about a different daughter of death, but while they're at the convent, they form just this amazing bond, this amazing sisterhood, and that's Grave Mercy. Um, Mortal Heart is the third one. I forget what the second one's called. Mm-hmm. Dark Triumph. And... They're just really, they're really awesome. They're set in a time period I had never read before. Like, I think it was like 1200 or 1300. Yeah. Um, But the friendship between those three girls is the central thing that carries through all three books. So it was just really good. And then another friendship that I saw on an awesome list that I just want to mention is from Cinder. And that's Cinder Mm. and Aiko. And I thought that was really awesome. Well, even towards the end of the series and winter, <clears throat> once they've all kind of, <laughs> once they've all kind of gotten together, like each book is about a different woman mm-hmm. in this universe. And by the time, by the end of the book, they've all come together and just them all working together. These uh, four wonderful, powerful, strong women working mm-hmm. together to save the universe is just yes. awesome. So good. It is good stuff. Another friendship that I wanted to mention is Feyre and Moore and Amran. Ah, yes! Because we know that book's really not about them, but there's just, that was some of the best female friendship out there. So supportive and so amazing. So they were pretty impressive. And also, um... That's uh, Sarah J. Mass. Yes. And then Aelin and... Manon formed like this kind of friendship there. That's from Throne of Glass. Yes. And then Manon and the 13. Oh my God. I will I need, never get over the 13 I, guys. I need to name something uh, Astrid or Astrin. 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 I need to name something Astrin. Like I'm going to need to get a new animal or like a, a cactus or something and name it Astrin. I'm intrigued to know why you thought cactus. Because they don't die and I can't keep things that don't remind me to feed them alive do you do you <laughs> you're welcome 
you name cactuses though? I name every plant I've ever had. They've all died. That's really sad. But I need. Is that that song? All my friends are dead. <laughs> That's also a children's plans. book. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. It's a dinosaur. All my friends are dead. Yes. Oh, my God. That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I will send it to you. Okay. The series that I was trying to remember is The Bride Quartet by Nora Roberts. It's the one that I read for our wedding episode. Well, it's a four-book series. Each book is about a another woman um, in this group of four that run a wedding business together. They've known each other each other since they were like 10 years old. Fierce, wonderful friends. They support each other. They're there for each other. And it's lovely. And I loved the series. It was just, it was fluffy. And it was totally like, you've only been dating for two months. Why are you engaged? But that's just... That's how it is in that genre, but it was it was nice. It was what I wanted it to be. Good, good, good. So there are a lot, lot, lot of amazing female friendships out there. Yes. So hopefully we have given Not you... including Tavia and myself. Yes. I don't know if I would base your friendship off of this one, because it's a bit... Um, Wonderful. Awesome. Fantastic. Sarcastic and mean. <laughs> Wonderful. No, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I love that I get to do this with one of my best friends. I know. I mean, who else would sit here and listen to me talk about the Holocaust? Just me. (laughs) (laughs) And bring it up all the time. Yes. 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 I'm glad to do this with you. And happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day to you and to all of you guys listening. And I hope you guys have your own female friends that you get to celebrate with. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe give them one of the books that we talked about. Yes. Do and this. then you could talk about it with each other. Do this. Let's let's make that a thing. You're welcome. Galentine's Book Exchange. Yes. Go. And then eat, have breakfast. Like Leslie Nope and her friends. Yes. That's all this episode is missing. Did you make pancakes? I did not. But I have some protein waffles. I could vomit. No. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I put peanut butter on them, and they're Mm-mm. really yummy. Mm-mm. You're missing out. That's fine. I probably have some stale cereal in the cabinet. I'll just go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Bye. Bye.